right, hello and welcome. Welcome. This is Sweet Sweet Death. I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. And we made it. Finally. Finally. Again. It hasn't been that long. Less of a gap than last time. The last (laughs) couple few times. Yeah. Um, Just complaining about work, as one does. I smoked all day. My brain was a little fried. Sounds nice. But we did our D&D today, so I made a bunch of food, so like... We gamed last night with our friends Bill and Maury, playing Gloomhaven, and then today we had our D&D brunch, so got to bed at like 12.30, I think, then I got up at about 6.30 and went grocery shopping, then oh, I like gosh. cooked for yeah. three hours before people came over and cleaned, and then we had our D&D, and then I had to finish typing my story because I procrastinate. Yeah. Um, and here we are now. Do Bill and Lori go to D and D in the morning too? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, they do. So yeah. I made a I made a bunch of waffles. So I made some savory ones with yeah. chives and cheddar, and then I made some Belgian waffles. And then Ooh. I bought I made some like a well I didn't make them I bought them frozen yeah. and then cooked them in the oven. But the like some chicken strips for like chicken and waffles kind of. Yeah. Uh fuck what the what else did I make? Oh like a French toast casserole, very sweet Whoa. pecans yeah. and shit. Oh that sounds so good. It was so nice. Yeah. Uh, I made something else and I don't remember, but I made stuff mm. and it was, it Sounds was nice. Good. Delightful. I miss doing D&D. Do you? Yeah. Shit. Okay. Our group is like packed full, but yeah, I know if you ever want to, it's just it's a like, commitment, dude. It's yeah, like every other weekend yeah. and it's now I'm it's in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially well, mornings. It's not that you're bad at committing. It's I, I love you so much, yeah. but you over plan your week yes. where you'll be like, yeah, dude, we can totally do that. I'm free. And then I'd be like, Heather, I have a baby shower to go to. Yeah. I can't. I said I'd go to it three weeks ago. I know. Literally, too, tonight, Colleen was like, asked me if I was still going to her birthday tonight. And I was You're like, like uh, uh, at the bowling no. alley, I was like, you know what? <laughs> and it's Garrett's family. So I'm like, it's fine if it's I miss cool. it, whatever. I was like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What's another whatever? Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, how's your uh, last couple weeks been, man? It's been good, fine, just work, crazy. Yeah. Sarah left. Our good I know. Friend, yes. <laughs> so sad. But she's been posting pictures on Instagram of Breckenridge. Yeah. Dude, it looks amazing. Yeah. Just really jealous. Yeah, she also got, like, I don't know if she, you've heard from her at all, but she had gotten that job at that, like, mom's bakery no, place. No, I yeah. didn't hear about it. And then um, she said that, it's the correct way to say it, check? Like, yeah. Just, like, check. Okay. Yeah, she- some, for some reason, I always want to say it differently but anyways okay. i think the z just like throws me off yeah but um she said that like all the people who work there are check and then that like all the recipes were like in oh i guess it would be check or whatever and so she yeah. said like yeah trying to have the lady convert them and like her accent and everything Oof. she said it was like things were getting messed up it's like stressing her out just like literally on like her first or like second day and so then she said she went to I don't know if she'll be, like be mad at me for sharing this story probably not but just don't say she, maybe the names of the businesses yeah she went to the this grocery store to just like I guess was walking around she was also on acid oh and then she walked up to the bakery like department and was like hey are you guys hiring and then the guy was like yeah actually he's like let me go get my manager and then they decided to do like an interview right there on the spot Fuck, and she's on acid yeah and she got the job holy shit <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny. <laughs> She texts me. She's like, dude, I just got a job, blah, blah, blah. I'm tripping. And then she, like, sent me a fucking picture of her, like, coloring or whatever. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, wow. That's our Zara. That's, like, the most Zara story yeah. I think I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I was supposed to. Okay. Well, not that I, I ever, I've never have, but I've always wanted to try acid. And 
I had asked her for some, but she forgot. Aww. Oh my god! Dang, that's so <laughs> sad. I'm sure she, she's only two hours away. So, right. oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she's not that far. I go visit her. Fuck yeah, man. Um, oh, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, but well, oh, over the break, I I don't know. I did tr- shrooms. Oh, that was, was fun. That? Yeah, it was great. We yeah. played Car Wars with some friends. It's oh. like this big car battle board game thing. Yeah. It's it was really fun. Wow. Yeah, nice. I would um, not have been able to focus. I feel like it was really hard. <laughs> we were all trying to determine today. We were like, "Do we think we played that well?" Or were like, they all? Was everyone on shrooms? Yes, oh everyone. My gosh. Was, dude. And then we were trying to like just eyeball it, yeah. like the measurements, because like they had some and we had some. Yeah. And it was still from like what Zara had given us yeah. years ago. Oh so wow! It's like yeah. uh, I hope these are still yeah. like good. Um, but anyway, so. We put them all together, and she's kind of doing it by piles. And I was like, oh, well, I have a scale because, like, I left a bake. Oh, and yeah. We're like, oh, shit, okay. So we each got, like, maybe, like, three and a half grams each. Oh, of whoa. But yeah. it still wasn't, like, it didn't kick it. I'm, like, a big, bigger lady, so, like, it. I feel like I always need more. I feel like that's um, still a lot. Like, but, it but they were a little old, I guess, They were too, a little so, old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And depending on the caps and stuff, I guess, but... And I've also got this thing with the texture. So oh. I literally was ripping it up into little baby shreds and then like yes. drinking water. Yeah. It's really pathetic. Actually, it took me 30 minutes I to eat too. mine. It reminds me of like really, really old, soggy like oh. popcorn or something Blech. like that. Yeah. But yeah. Disgusting. That's crazy though. That's funny. You guys just all think you're playing this game, but really it's like. <laughs> like we're like, were we just staring at like a blank table the whole time? I don't know. It's funny. Um, hmm, that's it. Yeah, I don't really have anything too interesting besides like crazy. Oh, I what? went and saw. Um, do you know the band The Growlers? You said I've, like I've, like, heard of them. Yeah, yeah, I think I've heard a few. I like songs. really love them, and the singer Brooks Nielsen. Uh, he was in Denver, and I went up and saw him, and it was literally like so amazing. Like he, um, so the Growlers broke up. Like, they oh. had this like sexual assault allegation oh. thing. It's not like, I guess they weren't like directly involved, or like I don't really know what happened. Like, they got the smell stripper, and this girl like felt um like violated because he was like putting her dick and shit in her her face which like obviously like yeah and like yeah they were kind of like cheering on and like yeah yeah. so after this like yeah so after this like they broke up kind of like certain band members left the dude like issued an apology and all that like i don't really know the full story of what happened but yeah um i don't know i hate when i hear shit like that yeah it kind of sucks but they broke up but then the dude who sang for them like which literally like makes them like if you hear the growlers like his voice is very just like distinct like you know it, like, okay. the growlers. so yeah. he wrote like his own album and like music and stuff and it's like still very much like growlers and then he also played like a bunch of like songs like songs i like love so much oh like, cool love test and just like yeah it was so good seeing him and he's like really weird dude like just like the way he like He'd do, like, these weird little dances, and, like, he was dressed as, like, I don't even know how to say it, like, vintage cowboy from, I don't even know how to fucking describe it, but it's, like, like really weird. old-timey cowboy type? Yeah, but, like, also, like, like, the weird, like, cut-off pants that, like, go to here, like, grandpa pants, but then also, like, a bright orange, like, fucking belt that has, like, those metal things all over it. Okay. Those weird bolo ties. But then with, like, a vest Damn, from, did like... did you get a picture of this dude? Yeah. I have, like, videos, too, of him, just, like, the way he was, dude. And he looked, like, so fucked up. Like, he had to be, like, on, like, drugs or something. Yeah. Like. Uh, probably. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's very bizarre. It was, like, so weird to see him just, like... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. It's okay. 
Whatever. They can wait. There's nothing more exciting than listening to people okay. look at pictures. I guess the way I'm... Here he is doing oh. his weird little dance. You can't see it, but like... Okay. Oh, yeah. That dude's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he has a, like, crazy-ass belt on. His shoes were, like, crazy as hell. He's not, like, super yeah. crazy looking, but it's... Uh, it's not normal. Yeah, just the way he's, like, dancing so, like... And he reminded me like a serial killer oh what the fuck (laughs) he was so good so talented touch a serial killer vibe from him it was just like a bit of a weird vibe that i got from him but i was like okay this guy's kind of weird i like him yeah yeah he's like really good sounded like just like he does like cool exactly like he does i was like oh my gosh like this is crazy (laughs) but yeah it was really cool and like they had like this crazy piano solo too it was like hilarious like kind of like as a joke yeah the kids should not stop playing the piano then you think he's gonna stop then he just like, like keeps, keeps going, going. yeah <laughs> it's funny and then he's like eh. like telling him to keep going it's funny but yeah i love it man that's uh, awesome so yeah but that was like my first like i guess like show it was like a small like venue like i've been to since i feel like before covid oh, like shit. since like the black keys i feel like or like did we go to anything else after that uh so i feel like the last show i went to was with you maybe yeah fuck i don't know but yeah we we did get to see flogging molly last friday oh it was so Uh, fucking good man oh they're so amazing dang i wish i would have known that i'm sorry it was in denver it was mission ballroom and i we took robbie oh did she have fun she did uh, so there were three bands playing. So it was Flag and Molly's headliner, obviously. Before them was the Interrupters, which they were pretty good. Um, I'm not like a huge fan of theirs, but people seem to really enjoy them. I've never heard of them. Uh, you know, you, I think you've heard a few songs maybe on yeah. the radio by them, but like that's it. Um, and then uh, the band that opened was Tiger Army. And I know Tiger Army, not like super well, but I know of their music. It's kind of rockabilly. I really enjoy oh, okay, it. Yeah. Um, but, like, we got there a little late because when I got off work, ran home, go to Denver. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's traffic. Um, parking was fucking insane because I really remember how much open space Mission Ballroom had, like, around it. There was nothing. And it was, like, I because th- I remember it was, like, oh, we parked and then just literally crossed the street and everybody yeah. parked in these gravel lots. It is not that way anymore. Oh, really? It's been being built up. There's like a natural uh, grocers. There's all these buildings. So now oh, there's like wow. nowhere to fucking park. Yikes. So we parked in the parking garage. Nightmare. Again, none of this is important to the yeah. story. It doesn't fucking matter. The point <laughs> is I kicked Robbie into the mosh pit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um it was at the very end of tiger army there's a decent mosh pit going I know it's like their last song. Yeah. And it was like the last minute of their song and I was like fucking gave her the boot it was like get in there <laughs> so um she got in and then she comes back after the song she's like she wore her fucking crocs right yeah. i should have warned oh her. my god yeah so she comes back she's like my croc is gone I was like, <laughs> oh shit i was like it's okay and i'm like looking i'm like okay look on the floor and someone might have it in their hand and sure enough there's somebody standing there with a croc <laughs> like holding up and we're like it's ours so we took it and then dude I don't know what the fuck is going on over there, but the first we're walking from the parking garage to Mission Ballroom, and there's a dude just like holding up bags of fucking shrooms. He's like, Colorado's natural shrooms, $20. (laughs) And it was like, oh, fuck. If my kid wasn't here, I'd totally buy shrooms off of you. Um, So, like, we see that going in get in it's fine uh like i said i kicked her into the mosh pit there's a dude in a banana outfit the whole night like in the mosh pit and everyone's screaming like banana man (laughs) (laughs) so we're walking out of the concert venue 
oh, what else? I, I wrote it down because it was, like, so funny. Um, oh, yeah. And then at one point, dude, so, like, you know, mosh pits can get obviously crazy. Yeah. Um, but, like, somebody lost fucking everything. It yeah. was like they just, like, disintegrated <laughs> on the fucking mosh pit floor. There's, like, random shoes. So funny. Someone was holding up literally a phone, a wallet, and a credit card. Oh, my like, God. Is anybody going <laughs> to claim this? Uh, yeah, it's so funny after the mosh pit when there's just, like, Things random hands yeah. holding up shoes. <laughs> like, somebody please come claim yeah. this. I know you're looking for it. Um so yeah, dude, it was just it's funny, super super fun. Leaving the venue, there's people like puking. Oh my <laughs> shit. god! It was yeah. like, well, Robbie, this is a gonna be a night to remember. You know, <laughs> was that like her first concert? Like or kind big of? concert. Like, yeah, the like... first show she saw was Power Man Five Thousand oh, like at the Black, Black Sheep. Sheep. Yeah, and like that's cool, but I, not it like counts. But it's like not yeah. a concert where yeah, that like it's like, big energy. It like... gets fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, there was a dude that fucking passed out behind us. Oh, Dude, everything was happening because <laughs> it was like, okay, Robbie, like when the interrupters is like getting to the last song, I'm going to run to the bathroom. You need to run to the bathroom and then we need to like ski daddle on out there yeah. so that in between, you know, interrupters and flag molly, we can like try to get closer to the front. And we, yeah. we got pretty decent. We got really close to the mosh pit at first. Um, sorry, I'm really like rambling, but no, like, uh, so like before the show starts, before they come on, I see this girl slowly trying to like manhandle this guy through the crowd he yeah. looks really like oh, fucking God. loopy yeah. and out of it and then like he starts to like slowly like twitch and fall yeah. down right behind me and i'm like who the fuck is hitting me and i'm like whoa yeah. hey man are you okay <laughs> and everybody else is like it's funny when everybody sees it and everyone does the same thing where they're like whoa wait whoa <laughs> are you okay and we pick him back up and i like put my hand on his chest and i was like are you okay and he's like yep and he's like <laughs> staring like just right at me like his eyes yeah, are fucking like... huge and he's like yep and i was like do you know where you are and he's like yep and i was like do you need an amt and he's like yep i was like what? okay and then i looked at the girl i was like do you need help with him and she was like i don't know and then they just like disappeared what? Like, okay see you later what the fuck was happening i don't know <laughs> i saw that dude later in the mosh pit oh, so yeah. he must have been fine snapped out of it yep so that was our wow Sounds fun. Our exciting uh, day that yeah. day, whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. And then I got like three hours of sleep that night. Uh, I had to go to work the next yeah. day. Was, I was very crabby that day. Yikes. But it was fine. <laughs> so. All right. Well. Yeah. We've been jibber jabbering. All right. Long enough, man. It's all you. All right. So let me get this open. All right, sorry if my story is stupid. But no, it's going to be amazing. Okay. Today, we will be traveling to, is it Illinois or Illinois? <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. Oh, God. Illinois. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, Illinois, home of many famous serial killers, such as Richard Speck, the mass murderer who killed eight student nurses in their home, or John Wayne Gacy. If you haven't heard of him, then... Um, what the fuck are you doing yeah literally you're like under a rock um larry bright and like many more like i was like kind of surprised like whoa this place creates a lot of serial killers but um today i'm going to be talking about hh holmes have you heard of him Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of like america's first serial killer so 
Who was Mr. Holmes? Uh, so he was an American con artist and serial killer and was actually better known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. He was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16, 1861 to Levi Mudgett and Theodate Theo Price, who apparently, um, I guess, like his parents descended from the first English immigrants huh. like in that okay. area. Yeah. Uh, he was the third born child and he had two younger siblings. So he was like the middle child, I think, which I just feel like all middle childs are, or children are crazy. Like my sister, Hannah. I agree. Um, yeah. So his father was like a farmer. They were like a farming family and they were like devout Methodists. Um, also like a lot of information about him is kind of or not kind of, but it's, like, exaggerated. So yeah. it's kind of, especially since it's, like, so long ago. But um, it's just, like, the classic serial killer depictions and accounts of, like, him killing animals. And, like, he killed a childhood friend and just, like, crazy shit like that. Um, He was, like, abused by his father, maybe. I don't know. Um, just, like, that kind of classic, like, oh, the birth of a serial killer. Um, So... Um, yeah, but I guess, like, eyewitness accounts and from, like, the information we have today, nothing can be proved. Uh, he graduated when he was 16, and then he married and had a son. He eventually went to college, um, and I think, like, the first college he went to, he was there for, like, a year or something like that, and then left because he didn't like it. And then he went to, um, a college, I think it was in Michigan. I lost my place, sorry. Uh -oh. okay. Yeah, so he went to the um, University of Michigan and he graduated from the Department of Medicine and Surgery in June of 1884. Um, there's also rumors that he and the professor he worked under in the anatomy lab both were like grave robbers in order to supply medical cadavers. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, he was known as a swindler and a trickster. Um, there's many, like, accounts of him acting suspicious and weird things happening. Like, I guess he was a pharmacist in one town, and then, like, a kid died after taking some kind of medication or something he gave him, and then he just, like, left the town. And it was just, like, weird stuff like that. Suspicious. Kind of, yeah, happened, and then he would just, like, leave the town, and so it was never really anything, like, to come from it. Um, so he moved to Chicago shortly after graduating, where he was a pharmacist under the name of H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, he would eventually also become the owner of this, like, drugstore that he worked at. And this is when he would begin killing people in order to steal their property, in addition to also acquiring his own property, which is known as, like, the famous Murder Castle, which I guess is, like, described as, like, a lot like the Winchester house. Hmm. Have you heard of it? Like, is that the weird castle? one where it's, like, doors that lead to nowhere yeah. and shit? Yeah, so, like, yeah, it sounded, like, a lot like that. And I guess, like, the castle or whatever, or house or whatever it was, um, was right across the street from his drugstore where he worked. And he, like, started renovating it in 1887. Um, it was said to have secret passages, trap doors, soundproof rooms, doors that would lock from the outside, even gas jets to cause victims to, like, asphyxiate. And even, like, a kiln in the basement just to help him move bodies that easy. But I don't know. Some people say this is, like, some historians are saying it's true. Some are saying it's false. So mm. maybe more, know. Maybe more myth than yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, like, bummed because I th always, like, I don't know, I decided to do this because I had always heard of, like, this, like, crazy castle and all this stuff, and I thought it was true, and then I'm, like, reading about it, and I'm, like, oh, it's, like, all kind of just, like... That was me with the Shanghai Tunnels, yeah. man. I was, like, oh, this crazy shit happened down yeah. here, and then it was, like, oh, none of it happened. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was, like, oh. But it's still kind of cool, <laughs> like, fun to think about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they said, like, it's just, like, this crazy place. Um. So it was, like, a two-story building. It had apartments and real estate... Um, 
like spaces or retail spaces, I guess. I think it was like the retail on the bottom floor. Then there was like a second floor apartments. And then there was a third floor that he started like building and it was supposed to be like hotel area. And he had even told um, investors that he planned to make it a hotel, but um, the hotel portion was never finished. Um, yeah. And then I literally just wrote what I just told you that I had picked this story because I thought it was like going to be crazy because like it was like Holmes killed up to 200 people in Murder Castle and like had designed it to be this maze so i was just picturing like all these people like going in and like getting lost and murdered and stuff but um the only like real like count of people that they got like for sure that he killed was nine people so oh i mean still an impressive number but not nearly that too much yeah yeah so um and they said like you know he should have tried harder right yeah it's like come on no uh yeah so they said that they weren't even like strangers but all people he knew so um, and then, like, also, I guess, like, a lot of the papers, when they would write about him, especially because at the time, they very, like, much exaggerated everything that was happening. So there was, like, this paper called The Yellow Press, and they made claims about, like, the trapdoors and gas chambers and all of that, like, brick walls to nowhere and shit like that, um, that apparently, like, maybe weren't even real. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and apparently... The hidden rooms in his house that did exist were all filled with furniture that he bought on credit and didn't want to pay for. Oh. So. That is, again, so anticlimactic, man. Watch out. He's got a bunch of couches. A a room (laughs) wallpapered with fucking skin, man. I know. I was like, oh. When I read that, I was like, okay. Um, Yeah, so I guess he, like, seduced women in order to obtain their life savings and then would eventually kill them. Uh, Which. When he was in school, actually, he almost didn't get to graduate because a widow that he was, like, messing around with, like, was like, he claimed he was going to marry me, and he didn't. And I guess in 1884, that's, like, unacceptable. (laughs) That is a big fucking deal. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, he's most widely known for his, like, World Fair murders. And there's, like, a bunch of, like, books and, like, movies and, like, things like that where they, like, it's, like, this big, like, thing, like, the World Fair murders in his castle. But it, like didn't even happen actually Fuck. yeah but um it's because in 1893 chicago hosted the world's fair it's like a cultural and social event to celebrate the 400th anniversary of columbus's discovery of america and it's from may to october um it attracted millions of people which they said was also crazy for the time because it's like people the way they get it around are not like you know like it is today like you can't just like fly to fucking chicago so mm-hmm. Can you? I don't know. It's like 1800s. No. Yeah, I'm like. No. <laughs> commercial airline was. It's like not to like 19. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess like they like kind of like the way they depicted Holmes was like, oh, like the fair is coming to town. And he saw this as like an opportunity where he'd be able to like swindle as many people as possible. And so um, and like I guess he had even said too like his whole hotel idea, like he did plan on like having people stay there for him and being able to like rip people off. But um, they said that there's accounts that many people went into his hotel and would never be seen again. Like, they just, like, went missing after going into this hotel. But who knows? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, besides him being, like, a sleazy con artist, um, I think he did, like, kill a few of these women. And then um, after that, I guess, like... He was working at that drugstore or whatever. I don't know at what point, like, throughout all of this. He bought it. But then when he did buy it, he required all of his employees to be, like, insured, like, with life insurance policy so that he could kill them 
and then like he would sell their bodies to like local medical schools and shit like that like i don't know um so not even 10 years after graduating college in 1893 he was arrested for insurance fraud and i guess it was like after a fire at his house um something i don't know what he was trying to do but um he was released and then this is where he would like concoct this scheme with his associate named ben peitzel I kept wanting to call him pretzel because it literally looks like pretzel, but with like an eye. Yeah. Uh, so Holmes had originally wanted to fake his own death and claim the insurance money. But then um, the insurance company was like, oh, this is suspicious. They didn't want to pay him. So he devised a new plan. And the f- plan was to fake Peitzel's death and then defraud the insurance company. And so he- Peitzel or Ben or whatever, his friend, agreed to fake his own death so that his wife could collect a $10,000 life insurance policy, which she would then split with Holmes and Howe, which is just, like, this other fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, The scheme, which was to take place in Philly, was that Ben would set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry, and then he would be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion so that they'd be able to, like, you know, put whatever body they wanted in there, and Holmes was supposed to find a cadaver um yeah so ben bought the ten thousand dollar life insurance policy and then with Holmes, they traveled to colorado missouri new york pennsylvania tennessee and texas where they would like do a bunch of other just like fraud shit swindle more people um along the way ben got married he'd also get arrested and then this is where he meets marion hedgepath who was also a career criminal um and then they were kind of all in on this, like, idea to fake this Peitzel guy's death. Um, so Peitzel at this time was in Philly, and he had a fake patent office to swindle inventors, which was, like... Yeah. It's kind of sad. <laughs> that like, is really yeah. sad. Oh I'm God. totally yeah. destroying your dreams. <laughs> and also stealing from you. And, yes, yeah. making you poor. <laughs> um, yeah, so... At this same time, Holmes had, like, just gotten released from jail or something like that, and he went on his way to kill Peitzel. And so instead of finding the cadaver as planned, Holmes killed Peitzel by, like, knocking him unconscious with chloroform, set his body on fire, and then in his confession, Holmes implied that Peitzel was still alive after he used the chloroform on him before he set him on fire. But then I guess, like, forensic evidence evidence produced at Holmes's trial showed that chloroform had been administered after his death which i guess the insurance company didn't know but they think he did it to fake like suicide to exonerate him like if he was ever charged with his murder um yeah so as we all know his wife obviously was like in on this plan peitzel's wife and um holmes was like hey like after he did all this like still like played it off as it was like them faking his death and so he gave his wife five hundred dollars even though i think they were supposed to split it and i was like don't worry like your husband's not dead like good riddance but then i guess he was worried that some of the kids might she had five kids he was worried that they were gonna like alert authorities about him or something so he convinced her to give three of her kids to him like in his care i don't know dude like i was trying to figure out why like i was so confused i don't know why but she agreed to it so he had two of her girls and a boy, um, and he ended up obviously killing them. So in order to kill them, too, it was, like, so fucked up. The girls, he put them into, like, a trunk, like, naked, oh. and then locked them inside. He drilled a hole, and then he put, like, a piece of tubing in this hole, and then at the other end of the hole, he put, like, a gas line, oh 
and then just like pumped gas into it like yeah it's like super fucked up and then this is like just a direct quote from um wiki but it said a philadelphia police detective assigned to investigate homes and find the three missing children found the decomposed bodies of the two peitzel girls in the cellar of the toronto home because uh, I guess at this time he lived in Toronto or some shit. Uh, Detective Gare wrote, The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Geyer then went to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage. Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs which he used to kill young Howard Peitzel. In a repair shop to sharpen the knives, he used to chop up the body oh. before he burned it. Um, and then they found the boy's teeth and bits of bone in his home's chimney. So it's like the little boy, like yikes, man. I guess he like chopped up and drugged. Yeah. So super like fucked up the way he like killed these kids. And I'm just like, why? It just made no sense to me. But anyways, um, he gets arrested in 1894, and not even for the murders, but for horse theft. What? Yeah, which I guess is a thing. That's I don't important. Know. That's worth something. Yeah. Not some dumb poor kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a year later in July of 1895, um, at this time, like, they had finally, like, found the bodies of the two girls, and then they began to investigate, like, his infamous, uh, like, or infamous murder castle, and, um, yeah, this is also, like, a lot, like, around this, where there's, like, lots of crazy stories where, I don't know, it was was a lot, but anyways, um, they couldn't find anything to, like, actually convict him, despite, like, all this, like, shit that was happening. Uh, so three months later in October, he was put on trial for the murder of Mr. Pretzel. That's what I wrote. And then <laughs> he was found guilty and sentenced to death. And while in captivity awaiting his trial, I just thought this was weird. Um, he wrote his own autobiography and in it he wrote, I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. Um, yeah. So, oh, fuck off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, and so, yeah, by this time, like, his trial and everything came around, they knew that he had killed those three kids um, after finding all the bodies. And so after his conviction, he confessed to 27 other murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto, even though some of the people who he claimed to have murdered were, like, still alive when they fact-checked it. And they're like, what? Yeah, so this dude is just a fraud all around. Um, Can't stop lying. Yeah. Um, And then... Just to add this in, which I think is why he lied, he was paid $7,500 for his confession. Like, Oh, yeah. well, that might yeah. do it. And it all turned out to be nonsense, so. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in 1896, on May 7th, 7th, Holmes was hung at Moya Mensing Prison, which is, I guess, just now known as, like, the Philadelphia County Prison. Um, and I guess he showed, like, very little signs of worry, anxiety, or depression up to the moment of his death. Um, and when they hung him, this was, like, super fucked up. I guess his neck didn't break, so he was slowly strangled to death. And they said that his body was, like, twitching for 15 minutes before actually being pronounced dead 20 minutes later. So he's just, hmm. like, yeah, which, I mean, deserved it. Right. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, then I just thought this was hilarious, dude. He asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep. And just guess why. Why? Because he didn't want grave robbers to steal his body and use it for dissection. Seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was so funny. I'm they like, should have whispered in his ear before. Yeah. <laughs> We're dissecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, and then I guess, like, the caretaker of his castle claimed that he was, like, haunted for several months in the castle, 
um, that he was like suffering from hallucinations. And then he committed suicide by taking, I have no idea how to pronounce this. It's like S-T-R-Y-C-H-9. Strychnine. Strychnine, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he injected it, and then his body was found in his room with a note that said, I couldn't sleep, but they said, like, when he died, like, a lot of, like, the secrets about the castle and stuff, too, like, died with him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, in August of 1895, two men were seen entering the castle where, just a short time after, it was engulfed in flames, but it survived the fire and remained in use until 1938, and after many rumors that um, he had escaped death and was never actually executed, they exhumed uh, Holmes's body in 2017, and it was actually crazy because he had had them encased in cement. Um, he didn't, like, decompose normally. So his clothes were, like, almost perfect. And so was his mustache. Ew. Yeah. Um, and they positively identified him by his teeth. And then they reburied him. And then um, there are many accounts and even a story written about Holmes claiming he lured people into his home during the Chicago World Fair, which was, like, what he was, like, most known for mm-hmm. um there's even a docuseries that tried to prove he was jack the ripper which what i don't know makes okay. no sense um and then there was also a movie that i guess kind of like flopped or just like never actually got produced that was gonna have like leonardo dicaprio oh, like shit. as the star yeah um yeah it was like be like i guess like a fictionalized version of his life but yeah interesting um that's the story of h.h holmes i use britannica.com wikipedia um history.com uh roadside america and then the crime museum yeah that's my sources yeah yay h.h holmes (laughs) man that was kind of cool because i always had this like misconception about him so i was like you know what like i almost did that guy who murdered the eight like nursing students then i was like eh. yeah yeah i don't know that'd be cool so a lot classic. of a lot of people a lot of known things happen in chicago yeah i kind of had a feeling our stories would center right around chicago <laughs> and they did but uh yeah man that's nuts and i can't believe leonardo dicaprio might have played him <laughs> okay i just learned this you know how you say like you thought something was so cool and then it turned out to be all bullshit yeah so like i think it's funny that he was gonna do that because i assume it would have been like the really exaggerated version of holmes and shit well like catch me if you can have you seen that movie yeah i love that movie it's like he's like the pilot yeah yeah it's almost all completely made up (laughs) he did almost none of that like i was so fucking bumped because when the movie was made it was you know the internet information isn't quite exactly what it was because i think it was like 2004 ish maybe early 2000s so like the internet now totally called him on his bullshit they were like wait we can't find any records what the fuck you're talking about so i was really bummed yeah it's like sometimes i wish it's just like all yeah (laughs) yeah right (laughs) kind of cooler that way but yeah fuck that was cool though, because yeah. I mean, I've I see documentaries for H. H. Holmes all yeah. the time. I never watch them. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Oh, someday. Yeah, even some of them that I was like, I was watching like on YouTube and stuff. Like, it was like they were talking about like all this stuff, like the murder house and like the fair and all of it. Like it really happened. And I was just, like, confused because then, like, other stuff I was reading from, like, actual, like... So, I like, think. did History.com have, like, he did not kill yeah. all... Yeah, literally. I absolutely would trust, like, history yeah. over 
anything so I else. It, I was like, uh, like, yeah, I was like, um, yeah. And even like Wikipedia and shit, like, I know they say like, it's not like a very trustworthy source. I feel like it kind of is. It is. I like, feel like it yeah, is. Yeah. Cause I'll read like a lot of different sources and it'll be like a lot of that information just kind of like on there. So I'm like, uh, like I feel like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I read a few and then there was like a dot org too, where it's saying the same stuff, like scientists and historians. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think this really happened, but yeah. <laughs> Holmes. Well, now I don't have to watch any documentaries and be like disappointed (laughs) to learn that like none of it was true. Yeah. So. All right. Do you hear noise? Uh, Okay. Tried to silence the child. Um, All right. So I did my story on something called the Eastland disaster. Um, I guess I think it happened. Oh shoot. It happened after the, that big, Chicago fire <clears throat> and they would like the websites were just saying like everybody knows about the Chicago fires but no one knows about the Eastland disaster but it killed like way more people than the Chicago fire so anyway okay early on July 24th 1915 over 2,500 passengers boarded the Eastland off of a Chicago river dock the goal was to make their way across the lake uh oops across the lake to Michigan City Indiana for a day of company sponsored games races picnics and swimming uh the loading of passengers began at 6.30 a.m., and by 7.30 a.m., the boat had rolled on its side, taking 844 lives with it, including 22 entire families. Whoa. Right? This is fucking yeah. grim. <laughs> so, for a few years in Michigan City and Washington Park, the Western Electric Company held an annual picnic. Washington Park was a pretty cool place. It had a roller coaster, a merry-go-round, dancing pavilion, picnic grounds, baseball park, bathing beach... I don't know, like, is that weird that it's called a bathing beach? I don't know. I've I've heard that, too. I feel like I was talking to someone about this the other day, cause, just because they call it, like, a bathing suit. Yeah. You know? So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> bathing beach. Uh, bandstand, gazebo, some bowling at, like, things, etc. So it was, like, the event to go to for the year. Um, most employees at the company worked six days a week and were eager for the company picnic on their day off. Most were young and single, so there were a lot of, like, I, it sounded adorable, like men and women in their Sunday best, like, just trying oh. to, like, get really gussied up for this yeah. little picnic day. Um, but in order to get all of their workers to, like, across the lake, they needed to charter some boats, which included the Eastland, which was said to be one of the fancier boats chartered for the event. So the morning of the picnic was an exciting one. This is, like... Crazy. The tickets were a dollar per person or 75 cents in advance. Oh. Uh, the charter across the lake was 38 miles and more than 7,000 tickets had been sold. Um, the Eastland was meant to be the first one to depart for the day and no one wanted to be last. So some people, it said like people were waking up early, like hitting the train at 6 a.m. so that they could get to the boat. And, you know, by 7 a.m. passengers were boarding the vessel. Uh, and it said they were boarding at a rate of about 50 people per minute. Whoa. And they had two federal agents, I guess, like, or federal inspectors to keep count to make sure it didn't go over its like maximum capacity. Yeah. So I guess it was like 2,500 passengers plus crew was what was allowed on the boat. Okay. Um, so since there was a light drizzle that morning, many people sought shelter in the hole below the deck. By 7:10, the ship was fully boarded. Uh, the Eastland had somewhat of a bad reputation, despite it being the boat of choice. It was referred to as the Greyhound of the Lakes and was known for being unstable and would often list from side to side before it was able to stabilize. Oh my God. What is listing, you might ask? Because I had to look it up. Um, it's when a vessel takes on water and tilts to one side. So it's like rocking like really bad back and yeah. forth and stuff when people are loading on. 
Um, but there were other problems with the boat that no one was really aware of. Um, it was obviously way too top heavy. So as of 1915, the Eastland was carrying 11 lifeboats, 37 life rafts, each weighing 1,100 pounds, and at least 2,500 life jackets, and each of those weighing about six pounds. So <clears throat> most of these items were stored on the upper deck on a boat that was like known for being wobbly. So yeah. now it's it's already top heavy. Now you put like uh, thousands like... and thousands of pounds oh of God. shit on it. Um, so it sounds like nice, like, no, but it has life-saving vessels. Like we should be happy about that. But the reason the Eastland had so many lifeboats was because of what happened on the Titanic. So after the Titanic sank, there was a lifeboats for all movement. So Congress ended up passing a bill requiring lifeboats to accommodate 75% of all vessels for passengers. In March of 1915, Woodrow Wilson signed the La Follette Siemens Act. During the debate of the bill, there was a rise warning about the shallow drafts of the Great Lakes vessels, noting that they were all really top heavy and it might be a bad idea, but you know, it passed because, you know, whatever. <laughs> so when the Eastland was built in 1902, it was only meant for 500 people. Um, the boat had no keel. I don't really know what that means. I'm sure, mm -hmm. it's important was top-heavy and relied on poorly designed ballast tanks. Over the years, alterations were made to increase the vessel's speed uh, as well as passenger capacity. The results were a much less stable boat. Despite it being known for its instability, um, the boats would, they were like always certified safe. Like, nope, they're totally fine. And in 1904, it said it nearly tipped over with 3,000 people on it. Oh my God. People started calling it the hoodoo boat. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, but someone did the math, and it, there's something called the metacentric height. It's, it's the point beyond which the boat will capsize. I'm not totally sure. Smart people assure mm -hmm. me that this is real. Someone said that the metacentric height should have been closer to like four feet with a boast of the, the, the size of the boat of the Eastland size. Um, but it's real metacentric height, like, you know, that day that it sank or, you know, fell over um, was around four inches. So, like, should have been four feet was four inches. So it was, like, definitely, totally, any day now it was going to mm -hmm. just tip over. Um, which is why within, t like, literally two minutes when the boat tilted to a 45 degree, it flipped. Like, it just, you know, flipped over. Mm -hmm. So when the boat began listing from side to side, as it was known to do, people kind of took it as a joke, especially with, like, the excited mood everyone was in. It wasn't until tables and, tables and chairs and people started, like, sliding around that, Everyone was getting a little nervous, but by 7.15, the crew knew the ship was top-heavy, and attempts to get the passengers from the port side to the starboard side was unsuccessful. I guess no one was listening to the crew. They were just like, fuck you, yes, we're yeah. here to party. Um, the listing was happening at 10 to 15 degree tilts. The crew attempted to stabilize the ship by opening the number two and number three valves on the starboard ballast, but nothing happened for seven minutes. I don't know why it never said why nothing happened mm -hmm. for seven minutes. Um, eventually the ship righted itself, but then ve only very briefly. And by 725, the boat was listing at a 25 to 30 degree angles. Um, the stokers, whoever they are. <laughs> And the oilers in the boiler room knew that something terrible was about to happen, and they got the fuck out of there. I think it's crazy that when they realized how bad it was listing, the crew, like, dropped their shit, They're and they were like, gonna. I'm fucking yeah. out of here. Um, so at 728, the boat is now listing at 45 degrees. So dishes are crashing down off the shelves. The piano slides on the promenade, and it almost crushes two women. Oh A God. refrigerator falls over and does, like, pin somebody down. Um, people can no longer ignore the seriousness of the situation, but it's like way too little, way too late. The captain sounded the alarm, but like literally with like seconds before it fucking falls over. 
Um, so with the extreme tilt of the boat, water is more easily pouring in and the boat keeps rocking. People below the deck are now trying to escape back up to the top, but I guess the stairwells was like a major death trap for people. So some people jumped off in anticipation of what was about to happen, landing either like in the river, or I guess they could like jump far enough to make it back to the wharf. Um, around 7.30 a.m., the Eastland quietly rolled into the Chicago River on its side into 20 feet of murky, muddy water. Um, Harlan Babcock of the Chicago Herald wrote, When the boat toppled on its side, those on the upper deck were hurled off like so many ants being brushed from a table. In an instant, the surface of the river was black with struggling, crying, frightened, drowning humanity. We infants floated about like corks. Um there were around 10,000 people wandering about the riverfront that morning. Horrified onlookers did what they could to help, but almost nothing could be done for those trapped inside. So because of how quickly everything happened, there was no time to release the lifeboats, nor were there any life jackets handed out. Um, people on the dock tried to throw in items that could be used for floating, like boards or wooden crates. This is like the saddest thing ever, mm-hmm. is that in their attempts to help by throwing shit into the river... They were unintentionally knocking people out as they threw crates and shit in. So people would like get knocked out and then fucking drown. So sad. What are the odds, right? Yeah. Oh my God. So there were really horrible accounts of parents clutching their children and dissing, but oh my god disappearing beneath the surface um some parents would helplessly watch as their child or children sank below after losing grip on a flotation device like people said that they would like never forget the screaming that day so volunteers came from near and far to respond to the tragic accident welders nearby grabbed their torches and started cutting holes i'm sorry holes in the hole uh, to help those trapped inside this is what's crazy is that the fucking captain sees them cutting holes in the side of the boat and runs over and is like trying to stop them like you're putting holes in my boat like you're ruining my boat he's literally complaining that they're ruining his boat that just fell over and just killed hundreds of people um so anyway like people are witnessing this they're watching him scream stop cutting holes in the boat knowing there's like people inside trapped okay so i'm confused sorry yeah. the boat was like people were in it or like yeah they were on it they were like... on it and in it oh, so okay. there was a light drizzle it's like it's totally full it's got yeah. 2500 people on it so there's people under you know under in the hole because okay. it's like dry i guess because it was drizzling yeah. um but yeah, so and kind of like a deck where they can just like and a deck, yeah. yeah. So okay. there's like dancing. There's gonna be dancing. I guess it was yeah, like I said, 38 miles. So it would take them a little while. So everyone was, I guess it was known for being really unstable that boat when they were loading it. But like once it got going, it was it totally was fine. fine. It was really stable. But it's like you still gotta get those people yeah. off and on of it. Um. So, anyways. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's cool. Here we go. Uh. Oh, okay. So people who saw him protesting immediately called for him to be lynched or drowned because they were like, (laughs) fuck this guy. Um, It wasn't too much longer after, like, the crowd started to, like, fucking pick up energy like, motherfucker, we will will take time to stop saving people to kill you. Um, (laughs) But I guess, like, right when the crowd started getting rowdy, like, he got arrested. And people think it was mostly for his protection, not because, like, well, he may have been, you know, the reason why. But anyway, Heli... 
Helen Reppa was a nurse who happened to be on her way to the dock to board one of the chartered vessels. Uh, she said people were struggling in the water, covered so thickly that they covered the surface of the river. Uh, she saw many were cut and bleeding, some being dragged out through portholes. Uh, Helen had her shit together, though, because she quickly ordered a hospital employee to telephone Marshall Field and Company, a department store for 500 blankets. Uh, she then called restaurants and asked for hot soup and coffee to be delivered to the hospital. Um, she would also send less injured people home, but how she did it was when she knew that they were like, okay to go, she would just stop random cars in the street and be like, these people need to go home. <laughs> and they'd be like, okay. Well, this lady's crazy. Dude, she's she like, is, but she's got her fucking like shit. Yeah. Management. For real. It's like, those are the people you need. Yeah. They're like, do this, do this, do this. Like, You're fucking take these people right? home. <laughs> and I wasn't asking. <laughs> um, so, but by 8 a.m., pretty much all of the survivors had been pulled out, and they still had the gruesome task of recovering all the bodies. So, of the 844 passengers who perished, 228 were teenagers, 58 were infants or young children, 70% were under the age of 25, 175 women and 84 men went home as widowers, oh and then, God. as I said, 22 entire families died together. God, that is so traumatizing. Like, Dude. Oh, my God. And it's like everybody's fucking pumped. They're yeah, dressed like to so the nines. Sad. They're, like, like, excited. Like, yeah. You know. Fucking, that's so sad dude. and it's what sucks is it's only 20 feet beneath the water that yeah. they sank but it's like think about all the frilly shit women yeah, are wearing like how fucking heavy do you like remember that suit and shit. youtube video of that um bride that jumped into the water for the uh -uh. photo op she's wearing this huge fucking dress they like jump into the water for a photo op and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like this life-saving emergency of yeah. like, oh, she's fucking drowning. Yeah, like, oh my it's God. like, how are your feet going to keep you up if they're like surrounded by a fucking... It was not yeah. a bright move. It was really fucking stupid. I, she lived. But... <laughs> So by noon, divers and rescue workers arrived to reach the trapped bodies. Some divers were professionals, others amateurs. One particular standout story was a 17-year-old kid that helped explore the hole in just his swim trunks where the professional divers refused to go. His name was Reggie, and he personally helped recover more than 40 bodies. Wow. Uh, veteran divers nicknamed him the Human Frog, and I think <laughs> that was an honor. Maybe. Uh, but, I mean, shit. I don't... It's yeah. like, shouldn't they have come up with something better than the human frog? I don't know. Uh, he even swim underwater. Like, right? He's like, just, like, got way bigger balls than you guys yeah. do. Like, And you're calling him the human frog? I don't know. The human shark. Yeah, there oh. you go, dude. <laughs> so, out of the hundreds of bodies pulled, uh, pulled out, only a few were able to be resuscitated. Most of the body recovery was women and children. Because there was a, sor a shortage of ambulances, this is crazy, American Express used company trucks to help lend out as hmm. a way to, like, transport bodies. Um, once the body count grew, the nearby 2nd Regiment Armory was made a temporary morgue. The corpses were placed in rows of 85 for identification. The public was permitted to identify bodies around midnight that night. So, sadly, you know, humans can be garbage. So some people made it you know, some people got there just to, like, steal jewelry off the bodies. Uh -huh. yes. um, many of those that died were of Czech and Hungarian labor communities that lived near the electric plant. Um, so kind of a 
I don't know. It seems like a little gross, but like, you know how humans have this natural curiosity towards the morbid. Um, the disaster drew around 500,000 spectators just come look at it. And then like boat owners were charging people 10 to 15 cents to ferry people out just to like get a closer look at the wreckage. So they're just like pocketing money off of this really horrible tragedy, you know, like, I don't know what like to your left folks. You'll see. Oh, look, they're pulling out another woman and child. Like, what Where's is this? my quarter? <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> it's like, what is this tour? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, Damn, that's crazy. Yikes. Uh, people who profit off disasters. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But for the funerals, additional donations were needed to accommodate the mass death toll. Marshall Field and Company provided 39 trucks to help with the hearse shortage, 52 grave diggers. Uh, that worked 12-hour days. And the way it was worded on the website, it made it seem like Marshall Field and Company, this department store, loaned out 52 grave diggers. And I was like, I don't <laughs> think they just, like, have those available any moment yeah. of the day. <laughs> um, but by July 28th, 1915, almost 700 of the Eastland victims had been buried. I can't be sure about the response from the electric company, so my two main sources offer two completely, like, diametrically opposed viewpoints so the smithsonian article that i read said that the victims got little to nothing from the settlements or from the company but from the eastland historical society website it said that they did a fairly decent job at responding at responding it stated that the company set up teams fairly quickly to go evaluate and try to get all the names of their employees that were hurt from the accident it said they helped provide financial assistance to the workers and their Hmm. families as they recovered from injuries um it also stated that the company loaned 60 company cars to some of its workers uh it said that they immediately allocated a hundred thousand dollars in relief funds other businesses also helped raise money like something like over two hundred thousand dollars for victims so either there was a hmm. response team that was pretty fucking awesome for its time <laughs> or it's a story where the workers didn't get shit yeah, and the yeah. company like probably hmm. made a profit off of it somehow so i don't know hmm. could be somewhere in the middle yeah who knows uh okay but anyway people wanted answers people blamed the captain harry peterson uh the chief engineer joseph erickson as well as some other crew members all of which were taken into custody within three days seven inquiries were underway to investigate the cause after the interviews were over county attorney marley honey Uh, told reporters the united states steamboat inspection service is directly responsible for the disaster now is the time to inspect the inspectors chicago should demand that and nothing else um but it would take 24 years to conclude litigation in the end the blame went to joseph erickson the chief engineer for mishandling the tanks even though evidence suggests that it was probably more to blame on the captain and Mm -hmm. his negligence um, after the Eastland was raised back in its upright position on August 14th, 1915, it was sold two years later to the Navy. It was converted into a gunboat, and in 1918, it entered service as the Willamette um, during World War I, but it ended before it saw combat. It was used as a training vessel until 1945 and then sold for scrap the following year. So the mm. Eastland is no more. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty much it for my story. Huh. I got my sources from the Eastland Disaster Historical Society, the Smithsonian, an article by Susan Q. Stranahan, and then an architecture.org article by Jen Massengarb. Hmm. So that's that. That's a weird question, but were they all, like, buried together, like, in the same area? No. Well, like... actually, yeah, now that you mention it, um, there was, I guess, there's a particular place in 
or near and around Chicago that has, I think, most everybody there oh. from uh, from the accident. So yeah, yeah, I just always wonder when it's like, oh, they volunteered all these grave diggers. It's like, are they all in the same cemetery? Yeah, just like I, I think digging they were. Like, holes right next to everyone, like probably dude it didn't say if it was like mass grave or if it was because like sometimes they do that if they're out of room or whatever so yeah interesting yeah um and then i don't know if i i feel like i missed some stuff i didn't really do a good job typing my story out and i should not have waited as late as i did to do it but i don't know it was was good it's really interesting yeah it's crazy oh my gosh so many people did a lot 844 when i first read that i was like did i read that right you like don't hear about that either unless you yeah. just like look it up like i just happened to find it yeah and, uh well because like a lot of times when i'm looking at my story I'm, i type in the state and then i type in like tragedy or disaster or yeah. something like that and this one popped up pretty quick so i thought that was cool because i don't know i didn't want to do the fire like so many people have done yeah. the fire um and this one just i'd never heard of it so i was like oh this yeah, is the one good. yeah huh can't ignore 844 yeah. dead people man it's insane dude yeah um did you ever watch sandman no Bitch. my mom was telling me to watch it that it was really good did you oh yeah yeah i fucking good? loved it yeah. oh my god so i'll have to give it a try because look no spoilers <laughs> but the last episode yeah little animated sequence all i have to say is pillowcase full of dead kittens <gasps> yes <laughs> so all right now you really need to watch it <laughs> okay i will it's so great uh, fuck it's good i even started rewatching it I was oh, like, yeah okay. i'm gonna do this again all right i'll watch it i'll watch it yeah um i don't know otherwise i'm not really doing anything just yeah. watching tv and <laughs> yeah i haven't even been watching tv or doing anything no? i feel like i feel like you leave yeah. little live a very crazy life i feel like it's been busy lately it's, but it's always like just like second. your job it's yeah. always i'm like panicking i feel like i'm always working like or like yeah. having to go in or stay later yeah <sighs> yeah but hopefully i'll get a break soon maybe i'll just quit <laughs> yeah i feel really grateful that i work a job where they like they're like the doors close at six yeah. no like we lock the door at six like if you make eye contact with another customer walking towards the door you lock that fucking door at <laughs> yeah. six so that's how i feel i miss having a job where it's like these are your hours yeah you're done at yeah. this time like yeah rather than being on call like you're a fucking doctor it's like, like it's yeah. cakes man <laughs> how are we fucking like, this up this we're bad. missing this we need you to come and someone needs to get here and deliver this cake like, yeah like you're just like oh my god it's no way to live a life man you might just have to Dude, say no one of these yeah. days like if you worked like i just wish you could work a saturday with us like this saturday Really? was fucking crazy i don't even want to get into it well, but it was just like non-stop just like madness like i did yeah. not even have a second to stop like just throwing shit together like making cakes fixing things that were messed up having to deliver cake that yeah wasn't right dude so vet can't write fucking orders yeah but yeah so uh and then we were talking to you about how you've got that old man co-worker who was complaining that if you delivered a cake, you needed to be, like, wearing something appropriate, oh which you God. are not wearing anything inappropriate. Yeah. He just doesn't like confident women, I think. Yeah. Because he's, like, what, 89 yeah, years old. Yeah, some shit. He doesn't like my needs to show. Yeah. I was joking that, well, that you should wear yeah. a fucking handmaid's uh, outfit to deliver the fucking wedding cake. <laughs> That'd be cake. so fucking hilarious. <laughs> right? Uh. Your cake. Blessed be. And then walk out. <laughs> May the Lord open. Right. <laughs> Under his eye. <laughs> uh, Love it. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I say yes, but it's not my job to lose. Dude, that'd be so. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easy for me to encourage you to do it. But I might be setting you up for disaster. Oh, that would be so great. Oh. Yeah. So. Okay. Otherwise, man, that's it. Yeah. That's my life. I don't know. Should we just call it? Yep. Get the fuck out of here. It's already nine o'clock and. Yeah. Take a little sleep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Take a little sleep. <laughs> oh my god! Last night, sorry, we were playing Gloomhaven. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing Gloomhaven, and just the rubber band just like snapped, and then it landed on. I thought it landed on me. I was like, "What the fuck?" And I grab it. I'm trying to say it's on my back, and I'm trying to say it's on me at the same time. Yeah. I said it's on me back. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? No. Like an old pirate. (laughs) I was like, I didn't mean to say it like that. So funny, it's on me back. (laughs) Like fucking Irish leprechaun or something. Dude, I don't know where it came from. So funny. And I do that every day, dude. Uh, And I'll hear shit. Like, I've always had a really hard time, like, hearing people. Like, always. My brain misinterprets nine times out of ten. Yeah. And someone will be saying something. I'll be like, what'd you say? And they know I don't hear well. They'll be like, yeah. what do you think I said? Yeah. And I was like, did you say prison sex? <laughs> and they'll be like, I said the president. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, Oh, my God. That all reminds the time, me. dude. Okay. Sorry. I have okay. two more stories. First, that happened to me at work the other day with Michelle. Like, I was telling her that joke from when I was a kid. I was like, oh, you never heard the ketchup and vinegar, vinegar joke, right? Yeah. You've heard that one, right? Yeah. It's like, or ketchup and liquor, whatever. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I already messed it up. Because... I literally was like, okay, every time I say something, say ketchup and liquor, right? Because it's like, oh, what do you do when you see a hot girl? And it's like ketchup and liquor, (laughs) right? Yeah. But you asked like a few questions before that, like, what'd you have for breakfast? So I literally say that to her. I'm like, what'd you have for breakfast? She's like, chocolate and vinegar. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, no, ketchup and liquor. But I just thought it was funny. She like totally misheard me. And then we were like, just like laughing. Like, what the fuck? Chocolate and vinegar? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's it. Yeah. But then also, so Garrett... You know, Garrett, yeah. crazy Garrett. Uh, he's like made this like um, hard hat for his coworker where he like bedazzled it with like rainbow colors. That's amazing. Like, yeah, he took it to work. Everyone was like freaking out, like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, that's awesome. Because he like didn't know he was doing this right. Yeah. And so he gave it to him as a joke, whatever. Then, like, I guess they go inside into their whatever building and uh, they're like all talking. And then Garrett's deaf as fuck. He like walks away into like kind of a separate room. And he hears his boss, who he gave it to, like, say something like, oh, yeah, these employees are going to be trying to steal my hat. And Garrett comes into the room and he's like, the fuck they are. I'll chop their dicks off and shove them in their assholes. Oh, my God. Why would you say that? I know. And he said that everyone in the room got silent. And they were like, and then someone was like, his kids? Oh, and then. I was literally saying that his kids were going to try oh to steal his hard my hat. God. And Garrett's like, oh, chop their dicks oh up. Yeah. <laughs> like, to his boss. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. I just thought that was hilarious. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Well, on that note. Yep. <laughs> we will check you later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.